Welcome to episode 38 of the Last Row Podcast. My name is Drew, and as always, I am joined across the room by my friend and co-host, Mr. Badway. And uh, we got a mention, uh, this might be the last baby-free episode of the Last <laughs> Row for our this host, is true. Drew. Hopefully we're back next week. <laughs> if we're not, you know why. It's good to have a baby. If you're looking for us on the web, thelastrowpodcast.com. On Twitter at the Last Row Pod, Facebook.com slash the Last Row Pod, anywhere you're looking for us, all over the internet, just hit up Google, search for us. All the geo sites. Angelfire.com slash the Last Row Pod. <laughs> iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, whatever. You're looking for us, you can find us. What's going on, Bad? Find way? our chat room, our AOL chat AOL room. AOL chat room. Yeah. We're on AIM at the Last Row Podcast underscore upper, uppercase, lowercase, every other word, XX. <laughs> What's going on, Badway? Oh, nothing much. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're going uh, to take a look at the Netflix deal with Adam Sandler. He, he's recently coming out with um, the Do Over. Uh, I believe it is. It's his fourth of, of of his four movie deal. Is it a Do Over of a crappier movie? Well, yeah. Well, as always, yeah. So we're we're going to talk about the uh, the idea of the Netflix directed Netflix movie and how it relates to the TV shows and whether it's well, the kind of stigmas attached to it, better or worse than directed DVD. Um, and how people will perceive them. Now we're going to go into um, some SNL uh, movies, kind of list our favorites, maybe see movies that we may have wished they would have made, and then we're going to go on to um, another rousing edition of Plot Fiction. I hope that we're not overdoing it with the Plot Fiction. We've no. given, what is this, the third week in a row? Might, I don't know, but it might be the fourth overall time. All right. We might have to we might have to just dial it back, but I did put together some today. It was difficult because there wasn't a lot of movies. Well, you got to make it work, baby. Nobody wanted to compete with Finding Dory. Yeah. So I had to get a little creative. You'll see at the end of the show when we hit up the game. But uh, yeah, we'll see if I can stump you. You killed me last time. Hopefully I can get gotta you get this time. Gotta get some revenge, man. Yeah. So the topic of Adam Sandler comes up because I was browsing Reddit as any person who reads the internet does. I don't read Reddit. You're missing out. I don't know. Like, but don't you're know not. Why. You're missing out, but you're not. It's too much. So I, I was I was browsing Reddit. So you just send what, you read what I send you. Yeah. Right? I yeah. send you good stuff on Reddit. Yeah. But I was browsing Reddit on the, the, the movies subreddit, r slash movies slash r whatever. Much. It's too much. The, the, I don't mean to go Larry David, but it's too much. So old man Bowie doesn't read Reddit. <laughs> he's, he's still on MySpace over there. <laughs> But uh, Adam Sandler, there was a post about Adam Sandler from a user named Lundgren's Front Kick, which I thought was awesome. But uh, the post was great, and I, I emailed it to you, and we had a good conversation from email through this. But I, I just thought it was a good topic for this show because of the movie that was coming yeah. out, because of the deal, just the structure of you know the movie industry and how things are working with these Netflix TV shows. But Adam Sandler has this exclusive deal with Netflix. Tell me more about it. Like, what, so, what do you, Have you watched any of these? So actually, no, I haven't watched any of the movies yet. But I think the idea of the movies is more interesting than the movies themselves, because obviously the movies are the, are they are what they are, you know, sailor crap for the most part. But the price tag that goes along with it, eighty million dollars per movie, he's reportedly getting, right? The way that the guy described this deal in the post was very interesting. And tell me if you agree. So he says that Adam Sandler's Netflix was deal was a great idea. He doesn't have to worry about box office disappointment, and his films can break all of Netflix's records. His fans will watch regardless of the bad reviews, and Netflix makes it easier to hate watch. Either way, it's more press. Ridic- apparently, Ridiculous 6 was the most watched movie in Netflix history, and the do-over will probably do very well. So, do you agree with that? Do you disagree? Like, I think he made a couple good points. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I, I, first of all, I don't know if Adam Sandler really cares about box office numbers. I, I think he just cares about the dollar sign and the zeros. Yeah, and I think he, I think he has fun making his movies. I don't think he's like that much of a sellout. Where it's like a a a, a, dra- a, a I can't even speak English. Where it's a drag for him <laughs> to to get out there on set because usually he's in a very tropical location. But I don't know. Yeah, you know, the guy talks about the hate watching of 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 the Sandler movies. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's definitely true, but it doesn't really take away from his numbers, as you said earlier, right? Do you think that the bad press does more for Netflix? Like, does it boost their numbers because it's like, oh, this movie's so bad, you got to go watch it? I don't think any movie could be so bad, you got to pay nine ninety nine to watch it. If you didn't have Netflix and you heard that the Sandler movie was so bad, you had to go get it. But is that, what, is that what Netflix is hoping? Because it's like, oh, you hated this movie. By the way, you hit off. But oh, by the way, new House of Cards. Yeah. Check it out. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I the, this. I guess the deal is there. It's it's kind of like a, a an opening shot at Hollywood. Um, I was reading different articles, and one on the Wired from last year, where it's basically saying it's it's it's, it's an opening shot to Hollywood. Where oh yeah, we'll just we'll make our own movies, and we won't have to pay any licensing fees. And well, yeah, we got a big name like Adam Sandler, and this might not be the greatest four year deal ever. We might actually lose money on this deal, but. In the long run, it might help us sign other names and start our own path towards becoming a movie production company. So they're they're pissed because licensing fees are high. You were telling me, especially overseas. Especially overseas, yeah. And Sandler movies do well overseas. At the, uh, so I'm told. So their play is, hey, we're going to get this guy. Let's disrupt Hollywood like we did with the TV game. Yeah. And they did this with, um, I forgot the movie. Is it Beast of No Nation? The one with uh, yeah, the yeah. African warlords. Yes. And they were kind of pissed that it didn't get nominated for an Oscar because uh-huh. apparently it was, I haven't watched it, but I heard it was very good. Uh-huh. So their hope is we get Sandler on, maybe we get somebody else. Who else could you see? Do you think they would try to strike this deal with somebody else? And if so, yeah, who would it be? Uh, absolutely. I mean, they've got to be in, they got to be in, uh, in talks, in talks with other people. Um, if not actors, then maybe directors. Like how, how awesome would it be if they got like, I don't know who who would who for a director would do it. I could see Eli Roth making a horror movie series. Well, because he made Netflix. the he did he made the TV series right. Made, Wasn't uh, it called um, Man? It was uh, a werewolf show of some kind. It was that really like crazy horror show. Yeah, I can't I, remember what it was. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it was one of like the it was like one of the first opening batches of of, of Netflix originals. So I could see a, a director doing it. I could see a, like an action star. Like immediately first thing came to mind was a guy like Stallone. Or Stallone still making Hollywood movies. But I could see him taking a sweetheart deal from Netflix to try to um, to make a block of action movies. Like, say they wanted to give him eighty million dollars and go make it, go make the next Rambo movie. Like, he would probably jump at that, right? Well, and 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 the other thing is, right? They made Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon two. Yeah. So it's not like they haven't done it before. Yeah. And they're certainly doing it with a movie series. But let me ask you: Is there a stigma? I don't know if this is this is true or not. But is there a stigma with? direct-to-Netflix movies versus something like a direct-to-DVD movie. It's not the same with TV, but with movies. Yeah. Do you see it? No, I, I absolutely believe there could be more, there can be more prestige with a direct-to-Netflix movie because I think Netflix is the type of thing where they want everyone in the world to subscribe to the 999 network. And that's like their, that's their master plan, right? So, and then, and then jack the price up. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much. Right. So they're not going to intentionally put crap out there. Now, you could call an Adam Sandler movie crap, and a lot of people have, and I have, and you have, but it's not even about the movies now. It's about the movies later. and It's their investment. Yeah, and the fact that they can have such prestige TV shows with legitimate actors, there's no, there's no reason why they can't like, like improve upon the next block of, of original movies that come out. 
So you're saying that a direct-to-DVD Seagal movie does not have the prestige that a direct-to-Netflix Seagal movie, or would it be the same? It's just because the budget's higher. Is the, that you think that's part I of think it? I think the budget would be higher for a Netflix movie. And like, and again, who's to say like like the do-overs coming out? It's with uh, Adam Sandler and David Spade. It's like an identity theft type thing. Whoever, it might be a good movie. It might be stupid. It could be stupid fun. But who's to say that movie's worse than say? Uh, Stealth <laughs> or whatever that one. No, uh, like uh, I don't know. Uh, just go with it. Like another yeah. Sandler movie. It's true. Like who's to say? Like it, like there's no there's no limit in quality there. Ridiculous six. There's no who's to say that movie's worse than that's my boy or whatever else, right? Well, and it is funny because even even back when Netflix decided they were going to make TV shows, go with me on this for a second. People acted like, well, how the hell are they going to make a TV show? They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. It's like they wouldn't hire somebody. Like they would just do it themselves in their garage. Like Reed Hastings, the CEO, is yeah. going to be like getting a shoulder cam VHS and making a movie in his backyard. Yeah, it's not like they're hiring you and I to be their actors. Right. You know? Like they, they know what they're doing. It's a legitimate production. And, and they're, they're a business that is constantly going upward. Small business started. They, Blockbuster Video could have bought them for fifty million dollars. You right. know, it's like that's like that they've they've been constantly. The, the first they wanted to conquer the whole video, they did right. that, and now like they they have plans to move further and further up the chain to become well, a. They already are a a, a mega power. Well, and industry. Amazon copied their model, right? So yeah. Amazon's been doing the same. Right. Amazon has their own batch of original shows. You know, some of these other networks, Hulu started doing the same thing. Yeah. There's all these internet. TV and movie studios now that are that are following yeah. the model. Yahoo started making the original shows. It works. Uh, pick community backup stuff like that. So it's not like Netflix wants to go backwards. Like, all right, we 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 have the ability to make movies, but we're just going to make crap. No, I think their end game is to try to get an Oscar worthy movie and say, I dare you to not put that on the Oscar bill. Well, and I feel like that's kind of where they sort of went with yeah. that beast of no nation. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like they felt miffed by it, and I feel like Hollywood definitely has a stigma about it. They're going to need to get bigger actors. You yeah. know, obviously Sanders, Sandler, excuse me, is a foot in the door. Right. If you will. He's kind of like an aging veteran, but he's still a big enough name. He didn't draw what he used to draw, but he still has millions upon millions of fans. Well, he's enough for them to make waves. I mean, yeah. do, do you see parallels to this and, and um, Howard Stern going to Sirius? Yeah. You know what also I equate it to? Uh, if, uh, if I go sports geek for you on a minute. All right. Uh, if, if you know a player named Jason Worth, he used to play for the Phillies. And uh, he signed like a $200 million deal with the Washington Nationals back when the Nationals were crap, but they just built their new stadium. Right. It's the kind of deal where he wasn't worth the money singularly as a player. But the fact that he did, they, they landed a free agent that big allowed them to attract other free agents down the line. I can see where you're going. And that's with that. the same thing here. The Sandler thing. Oh, look, Sandler just got eighty million dollars to make four movies. That's crazy per movie. Per movie, <laughs> that is crazy, right? So now you see. So now say, Sylvester uh, Sloan talks to his agents. Like, hey, man, would you get, talk to those Netflix guys? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know who's ripe for this? Sure. Sign him right now, Nicholas Cage. Cage, Cage is another great example. I'm thinking of you, Dave. Yeah, we we got to get Nicholas Cage on and here. You know, no actor likes to work harder and longer than Nick Cage. So Sailor just released four movies in about a calendar year, like within within a 365 day right. period, right? So Cage would love to be a part of that. Maybe they won't do it because action. he'll bankrupt them. Because he'll <laughs> he'll like he'll make a movie. He'll be like, yeah, you know what? You don't think I can make 12 movies in uh, 2017? I dare. Uh, you he's dare trying, me? He's trying to break the record. The Guinness Book. He's That's a, what I mean. 
like most starring roles in in, in a given calendar year. Yeah. But I, I think I think he's another one because I remember when Trespass came out. Remember that with him and Nicole Kidman? Yeah, it like it's like Cusack, it was, a Cusack movie too. Yeah, it was out for like a day in the theater and then yeah. it got it got such bad reviews and it did like, so yeah, poorly just, it went to dvd yeah. like within a couple of weeks and then it was one of the first movies on netflix i had never watched it yeah but i feel like cage is ripe for this kind of the deal you he's know the I, next guy dial him up you know what i feel like the next move is that we talked about with crouching tiger that like there was like the what is it like over 10 years since, yeah. since it came out right right that's the thing they're gonna get a very popular big budget sequel that people aren't expecting like, I brought up a Rambo. Like, I don't know if Rambo's already in production. I think it kind of is. I thought he was done. Or I don't know if he was done. Maybe he's still doing but it. But the movie like that, where it's like, you know what? Netflix, we're coming out 2018. We're making Rambo 12. Well, it's coming out. The, you're already seeing it with the TV shows, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, exactly. You know what they could do? Mighty Ducks 4. Mighty Ducks 4. That's, that's something like that. Like, you know what? We got this revered series. We're going to make the next one. and You're going to love it. And it's going to be, it's going to play on this nostalgia. So Mighty yeah. Ducks 4, you know, Heavyweights 2. Yeah. With Tony Perkis, like, as, <laughs> as an old man. No, like, I feel like it's got to be, like, a big action movie, though, because, like, again, the overseas thing, they're looking to get, they're looking, this is not for, the, the Adam Sandler thing is not for America. It's, right. more, it's more for the overseas. It's the other 66 countries that get Netflix. They want to boost true. those sales. So I could see it, like, being this huge mega thing that, that could span all language barriers. You know what would be crazy? If they got Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Because I feel like Schwarzenegger is is enough of a crazy man to do it uh-huh. because whatever he just likes making movies too and he's the big name like he's kind of he's not washed up yeah but his name isn't what it was in movies right because he's making terminator 4 whatever all these other movies are yeah you know maybe they say okay they said oh they were going to plan this new trilogy of terminator yeah. and they said oh well netflix is like I'll, we'll make it right we'll make it you know but the, it would crush their budget that's the only thing what did you say they had a five billion dollar five billion dollar for 2016 for 2016 and it probably will go up for 2017 I mean, a lot of that's probably on licensing. You imagine that five billion dollars. I, I mean, for Hollywood, that's they were nothing. Gonna, they were going to be sold for fifty million. Oh, I know, it's crazy. Blockbuster would have ruined them too, I'm sure. And they would have because <laughs> it's it's that company was making waves, and yeah. no one understood what they were doing. Yeah. Until they're doing it now, and what? just like the TV shows, people thought they couldn't do it. They're sitting here making these awesome TV shows that are Emmy uh, Emmy winning television yeah. shows with some big names. I mean, Kevin Spacey, that was a huge name, and it was a huge get for them. To yeah. get him on House of Cards. And it, and it brought more prestige back to his career when it was kind of sliding down. I mean, Daredevil is another show that's been really good. Marvel signed a major deal with them to yeah. release all those shows on, Jessica on Jones. there. Jessica yeah. Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage is coming out soon, too. There's a lot of things out there that Netflix is kind of responsible well, for. Yeah, but you can go down the list. Orange is New Black, uh, Bloodlines, Narcos, yeah. uh, Making Murderer, Making a Murderer. Have you watched Narcos yet? No, I haven't. I haven't, but I heard no. it's very good. No, there's, there's so many things on my queue. That's, that's the downfall of Netflix. It's too much. Too much content. Analysis paralysis for yeah. me. Yeah. I, I sit there and watch Just Friends for the 60th, <laughs> 60th time versus watching something new. Yeah. But um, to bring it back to Sandler, you know, thinking about his movies... I haven't watched the, what is it, Ridiculous 6? Yeah, Ridiculous 6. It, yep. it did pretty poorly, but well, yeah. it was also the most watched movie on yeah. Netflix. So critically, it did bad, as we could say a lot of other But that's the did. story of his career lately, right? Right. And the, let's take a trip down memory lane, because I want to look back at his career and say, where did it go wrong? Not, and, and when I say wrong, I don't mean like he's doing something wrong. He's doing a lot better than we are, right? He's yeah. making $80 eighty million dollars a movie. So you're saying that his movie making is better than our podcasting? Is that what, no, you, is that what you're still, telling me? I think our <laughs> our podcast is uh, 
you know, we're we're making it in our basement. Are we right? are we dollar for dollar better than Adam Sandler? If you want to pay me eighty million dollars <laughs> to make a podcast episode, I will gladly do that. I mean, we probably made like what eight cents so far. <laughs> I know, right? Off of our YouTube videos. Yeah. But but let's take a look back at his IMDb page. I linked it to it. I linked to it in our show notes. I felt like it was worth like you know how you say, Oh, Tom Cruise doesn't make a bad movie. Yeah. You look at his IMDb page and Tom Cruise, every single thing is a winner. I'm looking back at at this page here. It's not as bad as I remembered. I got to tell you, like I thought it was like, oh man, ten years ago he really went he went on the uh-huh. left path when he should have gone right. Right. But it it's not that bad. No, but I'll tell you where it got bad though, and there's and there's a reason too. So in 2008, he made a movie called "You Don't Mess with the Zohan." I like that, and movie. I like that movie. It's a very goofy movie. It's 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 very. It's it's like classic Sandler fare, you know what I mean? He went serious right. for a while, then he went back to that goofy ass movie, and it was really good. Or uh, really good's kind of you know. <laughs> it was entertaining yeah. as hell. Yeah, it definitely was. Followed up with Funny People, which was like a dramatic role. Was that an Apatow movie? Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. and it was kind of like um, wasn't it kind of a commentary on himself because he played an actor that sold out. Yeah. And he was like just disinterested in everything. He was kind of a jerk. I'm not saying that he's a jerk in yeah. real life. He seems like a really nice guy. He was he like he had movie posters where he was like making movies of him like as a, a giant baby or him as a merman. Right. It's almost like the, the stuff that that uh, Rob Schneider does. Right. 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 <laughs> so I wonder if Schneider felt a little slighted. I know. Maybe he's like making fun of him. Yeah. But then after that, he started making those type of movies to where it's like it seems like he was just going through the motions, right? So it started with 2011's Just Go with It. And then he went on to make about five, six movies within that next year span. They all came out within the same time. Yeah. And they're all equally kind of lazy. Right. I've seen most of these movies. I'm going to go through them right now. Uh, Just go with it. Jack and Jill, where he plays himself and his sister twin. That to me is directly out of funny people. Like the poster is ridiculous. And the twin is dating Al Pacino. Fuck. Al Pacino. <laughs> Talk about a guy. <laughs> what is he doing in that movie? God damn, Al Pacino. Just, oh, man. Uh, That's My Boy, which was kind of funny. I did enjoy a, yeah, that. In a dumb way. Uh, Transylvania. Good, uh, kids, good kids movie. Yeah, Grown Ups 2. And then we get into The Cobbler, which was the first Netflix movie. And we go on and on and on from there. I haven't seen The Cobbler. So it's, it's almost like he was like, screw it. I'm just going to make all of these movies. They're all going to be terrible, but I'll make good bank out of it. But do you think he's doing it because he, he's like a cage where... I know ca- people say Cage is bankrupt, but the truth is Cage does like make movies. Do you think he really likes it or he is cashing in? Here's the thing, though. He makes all of these movies with his friends. So it's not, it's it's not hard work, it seems. Like, okay, let me give you a business proposition. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you $80 million for yeah. every movie you make. Yep. You can make as many as you want. And you get to make it with me, our friend Julio. You get yeah. to make it with our friend Jerem, Dave, anybody. That's, sure. Anybody. Are you going to turn down that money? That's why he's he's not an idiot, right? Like, he does no, all he this within the frames. Doing. Like, he's he's always seems like he's constantly having a great time. And that's, like, right. good for him. It's like, I can't hate him for that's that. That's what I mean. He's living the dream. And yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody's particularly hate Maybe some people hate him. Yeah. I don't hate him. It's, like, good for yeah. you, dude. Good like for Rob, you. Rob Schneider's in every one of his movies. Nick Swartzen's in every one. Uh, those some of these bit characters uh, from like Big Daddy, like there you see them there in every right. single movie, like this, the the lesser known characters that you recognize their faces. All these people are always in the movie, or these movies. So he's making he's making movies with his friends, and a lot of them are in exotic locations and, and, and uh, vacation style yeah, like, locations. Why wouldn't you go to Barbados? Yeah. Or... It's like he's got the, he's got the perfect gig, and oh, you're also going to give me forty million dollars? Okay, 
that, that that's the truth. I mean, let's let me take it back to the beginning of his career. So, like, he did Billy Madison in '95, right? So he was on SNL for all this time. He was in Airheads right before that, which is another great movie. We should oh, do yeah. that on this show because I love that awesome. movie. Yeah, he's in a couple other things like as bit roles, but his first like starring movie was Billy Madison in '95, according to IMDb. Now I might be messing this up, so feel free to call no, me. No, that's out on that's this. his that's his breakout, sure. And then Happy Gilmore '96, great movie. He's in Bulletproof the next year. Then he's in The Wedding Singer in 98. Phenomenal. Which is a great movie. Love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Then he does The Water Boy, Water Boy in 98 too. Dirty Work, which I think he was just like a side character in yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't really call that his movie. And then his next biggest movie was Big Daddy, which is also a really good movie. That was probably his most popular movie of all time because it, like, it spanned verse, verse. Kids kids could watch that movie exactly. and find something with it. Then he did Little Nicky, which was kind of a foreshadowing maybe of what he See, does now. that was an SNL character that never was. That was like an right. SNL movie without it being an SNL movie. Exactly. You know? And then he goes and does a couple more things. He's in Punch Drunk Love, which is kind of like an art, artsy indie film. Never really watched it. Yeah. Then he did Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Right. So Mr. Deeds was a, another movie that kind of spanned yeah, groups Deeds, of people. Deeds is along the lines of those other movies, Big Daddy and whatnot. He does a few more here. Anger Management, Spanglish. Fifty First Dates is more in line with some of the newer ones, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, it was and an original concept. The Longest Yard, another remake, you know, slightly movie, and then Click, which I love. Click, Click was is all, a great movie. That was on last night, actually. Well, was it really? as of this recording? Yeah. See, every time I, I, that's on, I'll stop and yeah. watch it. And he goes into these other ones now, pronouncing Chuck and Larry, which is another great movie. I really enjoyed that. And was then it? we get to what you were at. Yeah. So I, I mean. It's, it took him a long time, I think, to get to that era where they're like, here, we're just going to write you a blank check and make whatever you yeah. want. So it's not necessarily a bad career. And like you said, I don't think you can fault the guy for taking the money. If they're handing you a check saying, go have fun, yeah. are you, what are you going to do? He still has more hits than misses, so I guess you could say he's kind of earned, earned it. To, right. You know, and for, I, I, I shit on Grown Ups and Grown Ups too because it's like the laziest of the two movies I've ever seen in my life. But, I never saw either. But there, there are, I bet there are a lot of like 40-somethings and beyond that totally relate to the plots of those movies about getting the band back together. You know what I mean? So Yeah, because it's not... So the movie wasn't for us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's adults that have... You know, they're beaten down by their kids and their wives and their husbands, and they, get, they, get their, they all get to come together and re- relive the glory days, that kind of thing. It's something that maybe the, the Sandler people that grew, grew up with Sandler are still not quite old enough to understand the concept of, but the older Sandler fans absolutely related to it. Right, right. So what are your favorite, before we move on to the next topic, what are your favorite Sandler movies? Like, give me three. Just give me your three. Oh, man, it's tough. He's got like, I, I found memories of Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be number one. Uh, Billy Madison, I guess you can't say, you can't go without Billy Madison. I'm going to go Wedding Singer three. Yeah, I think, I actually, I would swap the other ones. I would say number one for me is uh, Happy Gilmore. Then yeah. I would say number two is Billy Madison, and I would say Wedding Singer is number three for me. Yeah, with uh, with Deeds coming up, coming up for Deeds is underrated. I, I like feel. Big Daddy too. If I had to do the next two, it'd be Big Daddy and Mr. Deeds. Big Daddy was his maybe his best movie, like as yeah. far as like an actual like front to back with a story and everything. It probably is his best movie. Yeah, but not maybe not his most enjoyable. It's definitely his most successful. So you mentioned Little Nicky as an SNL character that just kind of maybe never happened. Yeah. Maybe he wanted to do that skit. We mentioned we'd be talking about some SNL movies. Yeah. Outside of Sandler, what are some of your favorite SNL movies? And I don't you don't have to give me a ranking, but like which ones do you like? Which ones do you recommend? Which ones would you love to to recommend to people who haven't seen them? Well, I'll give you my top five. I there do you have go. a top five. You ranked it. Like a crack for this, and you might feel the same way. Number one movie is Wade's World Two. 
No, I agree with you. Over the first one. I agree with you. Right? There's 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 something about it that it's it's more playful, it's more fun. We already know what the characters left and right. Wade's World 1 was more of a I guess that you can talk that way with a lot with a lot of sequels. It was more of a front to back legitimate movie where 2 was just an excuse to get back together and mess around. It, it's Turtles 2, Ghostbusters yeah. 2, yeah. all these sequels that might not have been better, but they're yeah. more fun. A lot of the stupid jokes that you could make into, you get away with it because you already established the world in one. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, so Wade's World 1 would be my second movie. I think our lists are looking very similar. They're here. probably going to be very similar. Three, I'm going Night of the Roxbury. That's another great movie. See, that's where, I don't know, people might differ. People might like Blues Brothers. Um, see, Roxbury, it's funny because it was such like a throwaway skit, I feel. I, there's probably only maybe two or three episodes of it, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly. But I don't know. It was like it was kind of like the coming out party for Wolf Ferrell, even though Chris Kattan was like the bigger actor in that movie at the he time. He was. Yeah. He was. It was probably Farrell's first like legit movie. Um, four, I'm going Codeheads because they just don't make them like they used to anymore. They like, don't. That, that, do is, they. that is a 90s movie if you ever watch one. It's classic. Um, I, I love the, the Farley character, the boyfriend. Oh, he, and he's like making out with her in the car. <laughs> yeah. And the chewing gum condoms. And like, I love like the act of like, like the of quote unquote mating is like the uh, rings on the, <laughs> yeah, the head. <laughs> what is it? Aqua the Garthok? Yeah. And, uh, and MacGruber's five for me. Gotta okay. Go MacGruber. So my list looks very similar to yours. It's uh, Wayne's World 2 Number one, is the first one. Second one is Wayne's World 1. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Wayne's World 1 is a better movie front to back, just it like is. you said. But 2 is more fun and it has Christopher Walken. Yeah. Although Rob Lowe in number one is pretty awesome. Rob Lowe is pretty pretty villainous. But he's like, so skeevy. But he's yeah, but he's like sneaky he's sneaky villain. Yeah. He's not a villain until like the very end. And and I just I don't know, the whole scene just with Charlton Heston, can we get a better actor? Like yeah. just two two exactly what you said, it established the world and it took it up a notch. Yeah. You were able to go nuts with it it's, within two. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's just such a good movie. Yeah. Uh so then I said I had Wayne World's two as my first, my second one was Wayne's World One. My third is actually MacGruber. You're going to MacGruber 3. No one will agree with me on that, and I know that that's a, a crazy thing to say, but MacGruber is such a stupidly funny movie. Yeah. It's so dumb, See, and it's so bad that I loved it. Here's where I knocked it a few pegs. It's still it's still number five to me, but it gets knocked from a few pegs because the basic premise of the skit of, or of the character in SNL, it, it kind of doesn't like play it, it right, into in the, the movie. movie because... The skit is like a like a one minute skit where he needs to like defuse the bomb and he can't do it and like that doesn't really come up in this movie so but I guess they kind of expanded the world of him but that's where I dock at a few points oh, and, I, and I love like the whole Ryan Phillippe with the celery yeah <laughs> the celery thing I don't want to give it no. away if you haven't seen it you should go watch there's, this movie there's Will Forte has this sort of like face acting that kind of hasn't been seen since Jim Carrey doesn't get enough credit for it. There's this scene where, like, in the whole movie, he's like, I don't do guns. Yeah. I don't use guns. <laughs> and then he finally, like, starts to use an Uzi, and he doesn't want to shoot it. <laughs> he just sprays it, and he has this look on his face. <laughs> and then, like, the, the fact that he's driving a Mazda Miata with yeah. a, what is it, a Blaupunkt? A, a Blaupunkt. <laughs> takes he, it out. You got to take it out every time so no one carries it. out his double-din yeah. CD player with a handle on it, yeah. like a lunchbox. It's just such a stupid movie, but yeah. I, I definitely recommend that you go watch it. If, you, if you're listening and you haven't seen it. And you're bored one day, just go watch it. It's it's dumb, but it's funny. Um, so then I would I would actually put Night at the Roxbury. I, I'm gonna actually change this on the fly. Okay. I'm gonna change it on the fly. I had Night at the Roxbury, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think Coneheads is a better you movie. Coneheads for? I think Coneheads is better because yeah. of all the reasons why you said it. It's got Dan Aykroyd, yeah. it's got everybody else in it. Chris Farley is hilarious. 
And then I would say Night at the Roxbury. And my honorable mention would be Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. I've never seen it. I've never, I never got into those characters. And I, I've just never seen it. I think it's something that it, it, if you haven't appreciated it before, yeah. I don't think you're going to like it now. I'm you not know what a, I mean? I'm not a Belushi guy. Yeah, you have to be. You have to find Belushi funny. I mean, Aykroyd's good, but it's more about Belushi and the kind of the relationship between them. Yeah. Um, but it's more the old school SNL versus the new stuff. But right. like I said, I never saw Blues Brothers 2000. Actually, Did yeah. You know I, that? I, I'm not. I'm not well versed in like 80s and 70s SNL. Yeah. Really. Like I I've mean, seen a couple skits here and there. Eddie Murphy. I've seen skits of some of the early Bill Murray stuff. But see, I grew up watching this stuff because I'd go to my uncle's. Down, down in, uh, down at the shore, uh-huh. and we would always watch old SNL things. So there was this really funny SNL skit. I don't know if you've ever seen it, uh-huh. but I was way too young to be watching this, probably. But it was hilarious. If my dad's listening, he'll know. Yeah. Um, the Fred Garvin male prostitute. Have you ever seen that? I skit? think so. No. It's really funny. It's <laughs> I I look that Dan up. Aykroyd is basically <laughs> this prostitute, and he's like, he's a gigolo, yeah. and he's like the worst gigolo ever. And he like gets into bed, and like one of the things is like. He's like, oh, hold on, I got to take off my hernia belt, and he's—it's just stupid. It's so dumb. No, I gotta check that out. Like people listening are probably not gonna laugh at that right now, but you know, if you get the chance, go watch it. Yeah. It doesn't hold up as well, but I grew up watching those old ones, so I do like the Ackroyd, the 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 Murray, the the Ramuses, all the all the old school characters. I do like them. Yeah. So they're. Uh couple other like disaster SNL movies like um, Stuart Stuart saves his family. See, Stuart I never saves even the realized that, was. that that was a movie. Yeah. I, I just know. never talking knew. about stretching the premise. They had also Pat. There's no, there's no need for a Pat movie, right? That was one that probably at the time felt like a good idea. Yeah, and then <laughs> upon release was not yeah. <laughs> very good. Ladies' man is a good character and could have worked, but it just didn't for me. I don't know. It was just they, they there was I guess it was too thin of a premise and they didn't flush it out. They were kind of, they almost seemed like they were like you know what let's just put Ted Meadows on set and let him do his thing and it just wasn't enough to be a full movie. He himself is funny. Yeah, but. As the character in the bigger picture doesn't really work. And you know what? Uh, also, we were looking it up. Bob Roberts was like on everyone's list is like the best SNL movie. So it's like a one off short bit character when Tim Robbins hosted one time. It was about uh, some election. Right? Yeah, it's a mockumentary. That's a mockumentary of, a, of an election that came out in like the early 90s. And actually, now that I've, I've realized that it even exists, I would like to go see it because it seems there's a lot of funny people in it. It seems like it would actually be good. But does that count if it was a. See, that's that's a slippery slope, right? If they're going to count that as an SNL movie, yeah. because it was a character that a guy played when he hosted one time. Yeah, it wasn't a recurring character. It's not a recurring character. Yeah. So one could it's argue... kind of cheating. One could argue that yeah. you have <laughs> Tim Robbins, who is a Oscar-worthy actor, yeah. doing this stuff. He's not one of the cast members. But he's a funny dude if, he if you funny. let him be. It's like, you just think of him as a serious, or or like if he's in a comedy... He he's in an Anchorman, one yeah, of those uh, he plays newscasters. The, or he plays like the straight man in like a, in a goofy comedy. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of Nothing to Lose with Martin Lawrence, where yeah, like he's yeah. not that funny in it, but he could be if you, if you unleash him. Yeah, I'd love to hear what other people's rankings are. If you guys want to write into us at the Last Row Pod on Twitter, the Last Row Podcast at gmail.com. What movies do you guys like? What are your favorite SNLs and why? Did we? Did, do you agree with our list? Did you will, hate our list? If you like Wade's World One better than Wade's World Two, I will. I will point counterpoint you on this if you want to. If you want to go, that we will go toe to toe with you on yes. Twitter. Not that, not that Wade's World One is bad, but I can I can tell you why in Twitter form if you have any disagreements with me. I was surprised. I was surprised that not more people went at you for your Turtles ranking. Yeah. We got a few responses of people's Turtles ranking, and I actually agreed with a lot of what people were saying. The old ones are pretty good. You know, when you hit people with the truth, you know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it takes a little inflection. It's like, you know what? He's right. Not that great. 
we got some we got some good stuff from uh, the turtles episode that we did last week. So thanks everybody for writing in. And uh, it, again, if you guys are interested in letting us know what your SNL movies are, hit us up. Let us know. I, I'd be real curious to hear what you guys like. So before we get out of here, I got a game. We yes. have a game. The game that people seem to like. I bombed so bad last time. I think I got a one out of four. One out of four. Miraculously. Like said, not your fault. It was my fault. Well, I, I got made a, it too hard. 25%. Just horrible. So. Certified rotten. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my, the, if you're new to the show, the point of the game is I give Badway or he gives me two synopses. Synopses? Synopsises. There's two synopsises. One movie. You have to determine which is the real one and which is the fake one. And we play four. So best so, out of four. So these are all upcoming movies within the week of... So I had to sit, tell you that I had to cheat a little bit and I had to go into next week. So these were a couple that came out this weekend, yeah, the weekend of the yeah. 18th, and also for next weekend because slim pickings because of Finding Dory. Yeah. Nobody wants to Nobody compete Nobody wants to that. battle that beast. So the game is plot fiction. Drew versus Badway. Badway is up on the clock. Cue the music. Let's go. The first movie, Bad Way. Are you ready? Let's do it. It is called The Duel. The Duel. D-U-E-L. All right. Not D-U-A-L. The Duel. <laughs> the Duel. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Go for it. The Duel is the story of a Texas ranger who investigates a series of murders in a small town led by a charismatic preacher. However, the routine undercover investigation soon turns personal for the ranger who must solve the case before he loses everything to the mysterious town. Before you even do the second one, I think that's the I think that's the real movie. You think it is? If you wrote that, that's like legit, all right? Okay. So go ahead. So, I told you I had to get a little creative this week. Yeah. So we have some that are in the same genre, some that are not. Yeah. So we'll see. Is that real or is this real? Go ahead. From Doomsday Preppers producer Michael Sharp and the H2 History Channel comes a new reality miniseries chronicling the efforts of Larry Hall and his attorney Douglas Huffman who are taking legal action to bring back the art of the duel in America. The series follows Hall and Huffman as they argue the bloated judicial and legal system has lost its way. Join them as they revisit the long historical roots dueling has in America's culture all the way back to our country's founding fathers. See, I'm pretty confident you made that H2 thing up, but I'm, it's a very good job. You'll see. I just I feel like the first one is such a bland Hollywood write-up that it sounds fake. And if you made it so, then I'm very impressed. The first one is real. So the duel about the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers is real. is real. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Final answer. Yes. You are correct. Thank you. <laughs> That's I a hell of get, a job with the <laughs> I had to get creative because See, what gave it away is what do you what do you what do you name dropped H2? I'm like H2. See, I was gonna say the history channel. I would watch that. See, <laughs> I was really originally going to go with a documentary yeah. about a guy who like had long histories to Aaron Burr. And he <laughs> wanted to bring back the art of the duel. Yeah. And it, like, can you imagine this day and age if someone could just slap you? That's what like, I mean. Duel. Well, or a duel like shooting, like like yeah. shoot somebody. That's what I mean. You, you get slapped with the glove. It's yeah. like we're dueling. Now. I had That's a lot, I had a ways different ways that I was going to go with that, that one. Was, I would watch the hell out of that docu-series. But doesn't that seem like it would be on H2? Yeah, That's the kind of thing. From Doomsday Prepper, that guy is actually the producer of Doomsday Preppers. Like, even if they have no chance of ever bringing the duel back, because obviously we talk about taking people's guns away, we're not going to 
have new things where we have more reasons to shoot right. people. That's, but. Why, that's why. That's why I figured it I was, could see H two as the channel to be like a what if thing from a historical perspective. It was totally timely. Good, good work. All right, so you're one for one. Yeah. You're already better than I was last week three, by this point. Three to go. Number two. This is called the Last King. Okay. The Last King. The Last King. In the year 1206, Norway is ravaged and raged by civil war. The king's illegitimate infant son, Hakan Hakansson, which <laughs> I can't even pronounce these. Are you serious? <laughs> which half the kingdom wants killed off is guarded in secrecy by two men. I'm right. sorry. A story which changed the course of the country's history. Hackin' Hackinson, you say, huh? <laughs> I, it's it's got the A with the little circle above it. Yeah, I'm skeptical <laughs> at best. Are you done there? I'm done with that okay. one. All right, skeptical of that one. The, la- the last king. Oh man, I'm crying over here. All right, the last king, number two, set in the 1980s Harlem drug scene. James starts his criminal career selling drugs to pay for his sick mother's hospital bills. He quickly gets hooked on the thrill and rises to the top, building an illegal drug empire. When his dying mother finds out what he's been up to, she threatens to rat him out to the authorities. The last king. The la- Why would he be the last king? Because we're king of gonna the streets. S- we're going to sell drugs after the 80s. I don't think you made up Hackett Hackinson. <laughs> <laughs> but what's your choice? All right. Um, so you either read got... Read me the first sentence of the first one again, please. In the year 1206, Norway is raged, ravaged by civil war. Ravaged by civil war. Hacken Hackinson <laughs> and the Norway Civil War is the real story. Final answer? I feel like the last king, <laughs> you can't, like, there's no last drug dealer. We're going to keep selling drugs past the 80s. <laughs> Final answer? Have. Final answer. You sure? Yes. You are correct. Bang! See, I shouldn't have laughed. I gave it away. <laughs> I gave it away. I couldn't you say go, that. You got to go straight face, man. You know who's in that? Tormund Giants Man. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Let's give that man some more work. So, you know, there was actually like a very more like detailed synopsis. Yeah. I had to go find a shorter one because I had trouble writing that that fake one. Yeah. I actually pulled it from a, a movie that Tay Diggs was in. It was like, a, or I'm sorry, not Tay Diggs. It was something else. I, I like merged that with another uh-huh. movie. All right, you're, you're 50%, 100%, I mean. Two for two. Uh, yeah, plus, I, plus, I know my urban crime. That's draws. what I. You know what I said when I was when I was creating these. <laughs> yeah. my, my wife was helping me like run some of these by her, and yeah. she goes, "I said, oh no, Bowie, I can't, I can't fool Bowie with a crime drama. He's gonna know all of them. <laughs> I could write a fake crime drama. That's my that's my wheelhouse. Oh man, I'm doing so bad today. All right, all right. Are you ready? Go for it. Number three. This is called tickled. Ooh, tickled. All right. Jake is a struggling comedian who just can't seem to catch a break. His career started strong, but he's back to living in his grandmother's basement trying to make it as a stand-up comedian. After bombing in a packed house, he's determined to show them all he will have the last laugh. He (laughs) He steals the list of patrons from the venue and decides he's going to pay them all a visit. Tickled. Is that like sinister? It's like, all a, a, it's like is a horror he, is sinister. He, is he going to like intimidate them into laughing? I don't know. Or is he, he going kill to him. kill them because they didn't laugh? It's the genre is horror. I like the title. Tickled. I like the title. All right. Go ahead. Are you ready for number two? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Tickled. After stumbling upon a bizarre competitive endurance tickling video online. Come on. <laughs> wherein young men are paid to be tied up and tickled. Reported David Farrier 
Reporter David Ferrier reaches out to request a story from the company, but the reply he receives is shocking. The sender mocks Ferrier's sexual orientation and threatens extreme legal action should he dig any deeper. So, like any good journalist confronted by a bully, he does the opposite. He travels to the hidden tickling facilities in Los Angeles and uncovers a vast empire. I can't even give you a straight face today. He uncovers a vast empire known for harassing and harming the lives of those who protest their involvement in these films. The more he investigates, the stranger it gets, discovering secret identities and criminal activity tickled. Oh, Drew, we've been doing this for four weeks now. Tickled. There's no way I could pick the tickled one. There's no way. There's there's no way I could do the tickle video one. If that's a real movie, then we should just pack it up. No more movies for us. <laughs> you you pick. You decide. What's your answer? The tickle facilities? Is that is that a real... Were those two words put together? Yes, they were. <laughs> tickle it, was, it was real. So it's either the struggling comedian or the reporter who digs too deep. See, I think tickled is a hell of a horror movie title. I really do. I think it's well done. I'm You've picking that it. one. You're, so, horror movie? I'm picking Tickled as the horror movie. Final answer. Yes. You are incorrect. Oh! <laughs> I linked... Listen, I linked to the trailer. I was so hoping that you didn't see this. It's legitimately a movie. Uh, it's, it's, by, not like, no. it's not like a true story investigation. You know what it reminds me of? It's true. It's real. Yeah. Uh-huh. It reminds me of Catfish when Catfish yeah. was coming out. Like that trailer that kind of gets you. Yeah. And it's like, what will happen next? What will he discover? They are like we too good to give away. Yeah. It's like it's from HBO, I think. Catfish was a terrible and it's, movie. Catfish sucked. Oh, and when everyone built that movie up to be the yeah. greatest thing ever, it was a piece of crap. They did. They showed like the seed driving up to the bar, right. and it was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Right. Nothing, they made it into a horror movie. Happened. So this could be the same thing. But wow. let me tell you, the movie looks awesome. I gotta see this trailer. That's it, a, that's unbelievable. I link to the trailer in the notes. I will put it either in the show notes or on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. You have to see this trailer. You, and by the way, you did write a legit directed DVD horror movie there. That's a great job. That really is. <laughs> I had a hard time with that. Yeah. It seemed like, because I've worked at Blockbuster for many years before, you know, I was in the movie business, as we all know. So, I mean, you were a professional. I've seen all of the directed DVD. Like, I've seen the box covers and I've read the, pl- the, the, synops- the synopses. <laughs> and I, I hope that that, that I, is right in line with with the directed DVD horror. Movie. See, I was hoping that I didn't didn't give it away. With the, he steals the list of patrons from the venue and decides he's going to pay them all a visit. That's 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 classic directed DVD horror movie fair. Right there. I am proud of that one. Good work. That was one of the harder ones yeah. because I was like, how can I come? That other one is just so unbelievable. How can I compete I had, with tickle facilities? I had no chance. I'm telling you, you need to watch the trailer. Yeah. It's like the guy basically wants to find out about this, and it seems like in the movie. They take him and like they start harassing him. And basically, people that do these tickle videos, they're getting paid a lot of money by this fake person. It's like a catfish <laughs> thing. So is it like a porno thing? It's not really is it a fetish thing. It's a fetish thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's but... like people tied up being tickled, yeah. and they're like laughing. And this this person who's a mysterious woman is paying for the people to get in these videos, or so, so we know, or so we. So think. what's worse now? There's the tickle fetish, which people like to get right. tickled. They, they'll pay. People will pay to have themselves tickled right. till till like uncomfortable areas right right or there's also the people that like to get sat on i think what's weirder sitting on because you could die people love to like have like they pay for like 300 pound people to just sit on their chests but you you can get get literally crushed 
But they love. Well, it's all a bed, and it's like it's, there's a safe word and stuff yeah, like but that. People have died from suffocation <laughs> from having a 300 pound ass in their face. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas like tickling, yeah, you might pass out from not being able to breathe, but yeah. you're you're not like you're not covered in your face. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no, you don't. Have to, you know, not to be face covered. It's like chest sitting. All right, chest sitting. Yeah, but what if your rib cage breaks? You well, know what hey I mean? man, it's then you know you know what you're in for. You're gonna get a punctured. Sign a waiver. You definitely sign a waiver. All right. Well, you got to watch this trailer. I'm going to link to it. Like I said, it's ridiculous, but it's real. Let me me, me get you all this last one. You are two for three, my friend. Yes. You're already doing better than I did. This last one is a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you. This last one is a movie called Nuts. 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 You want to get nuts? The first one. Award-winning documentarian John Hudgens delves into the hidden world of nut carving that prospered during the Song and Ming dynasties of China. The craft that was historically used to drive off misfortune and ward off evil spirits is currently experiencing a resurgence centered in Portland, Oregon. Hudgens highlights how Portlandians are rescuing an almost lost art and showcasing how many of talented carvers can turn a peach or an olive stone into an intricate carving of a Chinese imperial palace, a fierce dragon, or even your pet or loved one's face. You gotta be freaking nuts to make that story up. But is it real? I don't know. There's no way you made that up, but go on. Number two. Go on. Nuts recounts the mostly true story of John Romulus Brinkley, a Kansas doctor who in 1917 discovered that he could cure impotence by transplanting goat testicles into men. From there, the story gets only more bizarre. <laughs> so you've got Nuts, the story of nut carving in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Documentary by acclaimed documentarian John Hudgens. Or... You've got the story of John Romulus Brinkley, who put goat testicles into men. They called the movie Nuts, but I can see that being on Netflix one day, like, oh, here's Nuts. <sighs> this is a tough one. I don't think, see, all right, now I'm going back to the nut carving thing. I don't think you're twisted enough to make up goat nuts into humans. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? Yeah. I think the nut carving one is the false one. The goat nuts is true. So you're saying Portland is not currently experiencing a resurgence of nut carving. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying the uh, the addition of goat nuts into people is true. And there is a movie about it. So final answer? That's your, that's your final answer? That's my final answer. If you're playing at home and you picked what Badway picked, you are... Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I was man. So you got three out of four here. Yeah. That was a damn good job. That wow. was a hard one. That's good work. How did you write that first the the, the nut one? So it took me a long time, but I started did you research it. Yes, I did. <laughs> so it is true that yeah. nut carving of peach and olive stones is a real thing from the Song of Ming dynasties back yeah. in China. So this is I did my homework on this. Is one. it currently experiencing resurgence, Portland, Oregon? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> I made that up. I made that part. It might be, but I don't know. It's like something that Patrick Bateman would would rail on about. I made that part up. That was a Bateman-esque I was looking up, like, I really, like, was struggling with that one because I really wanted to take that. I was going to talk about the uh, hidden world of competitive nut carving, and I was going to talk about, like, how people were doing, like, intricate carvings and being judged, like, in middle America. But then, I I don't know, somehow I went and started doing some research on nut carving, and it turned into that. But there's an I, again. I have a trailer for the second one. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it seems to be mostly real about this guy putting goat nuts into people. I don't think I want to see that. 
I don't know if I want to see that one. You might you might want to see the tickling one, but not that one. Overall, great job. That was uh, hard for me to, to talk through some of those because <laughs> so I feel ridiculous. I'm in a silly mood today, yeah. but I, I didn't have a lot to work with this week. There wasn't a lot coming no, out, like I said, but you did, you did good work. You hopefully, did work. you know, you did as good or as better or as good or better than bad way at home. Maybe you got 100 yep. percent, but uh, write in. Let us know how you did. Let us know if you were fooled. And like I said, I'm going to post that tickling video as soon as I can. <laughs> But uh, 75% is not too Your bad Your discretion here. advised. 75% from my 25%, much better than me. Well, it's not about the wins and losses here. It's about, it's about the fun the that we have. the of it all. And we're going to have a tickle fest next week. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> and anyway, we talked, a lot, we talked a lot today. We'll see if we're back next week or if I'm in the delivery room. Oh, and by the way, anyone on Twitter, you want to you name Drew's baby, please write it, uh, <laughs> tweet us. Tweet yeah, us what you think Drew's it, baby's name is. It is a girl, so you can't say uh, Bruce Wayne or, well, or anything like that. You yeah. could, but um, it yeah. is a girl, so happy to, to announce that on Harley the show. Harley Quinn Rohalli. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I like the name Quinn, though. Yeah, cool me name. too. So if you want to send us in some mail, thelastrowpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is thelastrowpodcast.com. We are on Twitter. Look for our links, look for our episodes, subscribe in iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks to everybody that's done so. Anywhere else you want to hit us up, do a Google search. We are out there. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. See so, Harley Quinn, that is kind of a cool name. See, like you could have got away with that, too. Yeah, right? Harley Quinn's pretty cool. You could have named her Dark Quinn, and like, you know that you named her after Batman character. That's what I mean. But, would anybody else? The last wife would have been like,